like that the word record and record are spelled the same. I don't like the I don't like the fact that the word read and read are spelled the same. We well, you know English is a very silly language. I don't like that eight and fright or wait eight wait what is it eight and like a word that has like freight? a letter freight. No, they are kind. Of, are they spelled the same with the fr? They spelled the same with just an fr. But there's something else. There's another e i g h t word that is like the same thing but all of a sudden height height eight and height like what gives brooklyn heights why how i hate the, way, I hate the brooklyn be... spells i hate the brooklyn heights spells her name h-y-t-e-s bothers me because she because she doesn't say brooklyn hates she doesn't want to be brooklyn hates brooklyn whites she's been brooklyn whites because you know what that bitch is white i wish her name was brooklyn brooklyn like first name brook middle it name is brooklyn Lynn. is it it is that is what it is Yes. Not on uh, the gram, is it? Her first name is Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E, middle name Lynn, L-Y-N-N, last name Heights. Oh, then she's, she's nailing it. You know what? I approve the name. I think about <laughs> Wow. Wearing... Say you don't support your sisters without saying I don't, you don't support, support Brooklyn Heights. Sister, I don't support it? her. I'll say it with saying it. I do not support her. Good. Anyone Why? else you want me to say I don't support Why? I don't like that bitch. Why? I just, just don't like Brooklyn? her. I just don't like her. Okay, what's specifically? And that's all the reason I need. What's specifically about Brooklyn? I don't need more of a reason. You know, that's I just, reason. I'm just asking you. So I just don't like her. There wasn't a specific thing that happened. I just don't like Brooklyn Heights. Um, I'm thinking what? about wearing a wig in my day-to-day life. Something like this, like a pixie? I will not be clarifying that I'm joking. I don't like Brooklyn Heights and tell her I said it. At her. Tag her. Tag Brooklyn Heights. Tag I'm not Brooklyn joking. Heights. Bob the Dragon does not like her. And furthermore, RuPaul, something he said off camera that I, I feel, I feel comfortable to say right a, now. RuPaul Bob and said in a offside, fight, offside. And I don't he like said Brooklyn. if he sees an offside, he's punching that bitch in the face. That's what he said before the camera started rolling. So. And Monet and RuPaul, are, Ru, Rune and, Monet and RuPaul are in a fight. Me and Brooklyn are in a fight. Rune? Rune? <laughs> That's how it's fight. Rune. Girl, have you seen Kanye West? Rune. I mean, he didn't. Kanye West did not listen to our advice last episode because Mystique is going He did not. Wild. It is, yeah. I, it's it's genuinely concerning, and I I said I said a while back I was like I remember there was a point where I said I'm actually I don't want to make fun of Kanye West anymore because it doesn't feel it feels is it concerning it, it, like what after all the stunt shows and shenanigans Kanye West pulled um, during the last election cycle this isn't any nuttier or loopier or crazier than that Kanye West I think this pulled is. stunts shows. Kiki's and shenanigans last election cycle. I think this is more. I think this is like a lot of no. like he's. Oh my, well, my opinion is that this is more alarming. This is first of all, he like he posted a picture of Pete Davidson, and then he tagged someone whose name is something the sniper, which feels like some sort of a veiled threat at Pete Davidson. Um, I'm pretty sure he's referring to a rapper. Yeah, but also, what does that rapper have to do with Pete Davidson? Like, what does that rapper have to do with Pete Davidson? Or is he I mean, just posting I, I, a random I'm not thing? Rap beef. I don't think that guy has anything to do with Kanye. Anyway, it, it it was alarming to me. He posted like twenty to thirty in a day, all these posts back to back. He's also doing a lot of weird posts and like directing a lot of hate toward his child, um, which is alarming. Um, sitting he hate sit, towards his child. What did he say about hate towards his child? Well, he was sending a lot of hate over to um, uh, Kim and um, oh, yeah, about, about Northwest being on TikTok. 
Yeah, which I look back and it's actually there's nothing wrong with having because like it, it, they made it. It sounded like Northwest just buy her stuff on TikTok, but the, TikTok has a policy where you can be under 13 with a TikTok if with you have parent, a parent yeah. guardian. And it's it's Kim and I think Kanye was alluding to that. It seemed it it seemed like sometimes Northwest or he, the information he got was that Northwest not being monitored. And that's where he was trying to say his concerns are coming from. But I mean, Kim Kardashian probably has eighty-five nannies fucking watching the kids. I'm sure. Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion that this, Northwest is one of the most codes. monitored children in the world outside of uh, the president's kids. You know what I mean? No, I think. Uh, well, famously, the queen didn't want to protect the little black baby in the royal family. So you might be right. I mean, I, yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that Northwest, like you know, one of my friends who worked on SNL, the makeup artist, said that. Um, the most intense security they ever had on the show was when Beyonce was there, not when Michelle Obama was there. Like Michelle Obama came by, Barack Obama came by, there was security. But when Beyonce came by, it was, and they were like, this was security like you've never seen in your life. And this is mm-hmm. over the Secret Services. That's wild. I mean, Beyonce is, she's a pretty big deal. I was just. Would at, you do? Um, would you coach. say that? I mean, this is not. This is not rivalry. We need to get to advice for advice for soon because y'all be reading. Yeah, but like, this is not rivalry. This is advice for you. What advice? But do you think <laughs> that? Who do you think is more? Who do you think is more famous, Beyonce or Michelle Obama? Who is more famous, Beyonce or Michelle Obama? Um, I don't know how to. Qu- I think that they're both very, very famous. I think they're both known. I'd be shocked to find someone yeah, who doesn't know either one who of them. Who do you think is more? I know I'm, I'm thinking I'm I'm trying to think of a world where someone doesn't know either one of them. I would say maybe maybe Beyonce because I do think that Michelle Obama's fame is 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 attached to Barack Obama's fame, whereas Beyonce's fame is not attached to anyone's. Yeah, I think that because Beyonce is music, I'm more, I I feel like especially for like younger people who may not know who Michelle Obama is, I feel like young people will know Beyonce, and I think that's where they edge. That's where well, I don't Beyonce think just will, because of music. I, I don't think just because music. I actually do think that Donald well, her Trump influence, is more her global influence. Yeah, I do think that Donald Trump is more famous than Beyonce, and Donald Trump is not a musician. So I don't think it's do just because think? she's a musician. I don't Donald think Trump. So. Is, Donald Trump is inarguably probably the most famous person in the world. I mean, probably the most famous person. Excuse me. Excuse me. Probably the most famous person in the world. No. Like, who do you think is more what famous? Do y'all than- think? Comment below who do you guys think is the most famous person in the world. Comment below who you think is the most famous person in the world. And it's not like, like, it's not like me stands. trying to boost up Donald Trump, but he is, he's like, he's, he February was just, the, he was the most Googled name, like, four years running. Like, nonstop. Was he really? Like, with, yes. Like, he was just nonstop controversy. Insane. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I do think that, um, that I just imagine when was the last time Beyonce actually looked at someone and said, "Hi, my name is Beyonce. What's your name?" And they were like, oh, "Sorry, be- Beyonce." Like I, I don't know when the last now, time that ever happened. The most Google person in twenty twenty was President elect Joe Biden. As, well, I'm talking about the four years he was a president. The most Google person in two thousand nineteen was. Dun- who was not it? not the most Google person? Not number ten was Shailene Woodley. Who the fuck is Shailene Woodley? Well, Google her and find out. <laughs> <laughs> who was in twenty nineteen? She was an actress who became a person of interest to many when it was learned she was not only dating Aaron Rodgers but also engaged to Green Bay Packers quarterback. I don't know. Pete Davis, who was nine. Girl, 
No, the for the number one Google person in 2021, oh, 2019 was Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, that makes sense. Not Kenosha. Was, what, 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 Donald was Trump wasn't even in the top 10. Is Beyonce top 10? No. Well, then I guess neither Rittenhouse one of them was one. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods? He probably had a controversy. Probably. Alec Baldwin no was three. Well, Alec Baldwin killed uh, someone. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um... We, this is still an advisory, Bob. We give advisory to all of our lovely listeners of this podcast. And I think that we give sound advice. Would you agree? Sometimes. I think that some of our advice is sound. <laughs> and I think that some of it should absolutely not be followed under any circumstances. And I really believe that with my heart of hearts. <laughs> <laughs> you look, I can't take you seriously with this wig on. You look Why ridiculous. Why do I look ridiculous? Because it just doesn't, this wig is not. Anyway, we're getting to rivalry. We need to get with advice. Shall we listen to the first audio submission? Hey, Bob and Monet. My name is Nat. I use he, him pronouns. I just joined the Patreon and I really, really love it. So thank you so much. Uh, my question today is actually about my master's degree and if I should go into one. I'm currently studying music and museum administration. I'm a double major in my bachelor's. And I don't know if it's worth it to go into a master's program because I just don't know if it's worth the payoff of paying for it. Um, But I also know at the same time that everyone in the field that I want to go into, which is museum studies or museum administration, all have master's or doctorates. So it's kind of intimidating. Thanks so much. Hi, Matt. Um, I think it's Nat. Nad? I think I said Nat N A T, like Nat King Cole. I think I heard I think I heard Nat. Oh. But I might be wrong. Okay. I think I heard Nat. Um, I I if you know if it's gonna make if everyone in your field has these degrees and that's how they're getting advancements in there in, in, in the field that you want to work and I think that you kind of have to get the degree because if everyone else you your 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 um is is not if everyone else is doing it, if everyone else is getting a, a a master's degree in the field that you're working on and you kind of need that requirement to get the job then that's kind of what the benchmark is. I mean I understand going more into debt sounds insane but if getting this degree you will be able to get more money um, then that will make sense. But if it's going to keep you at a lower level in the field that you want, then then you're kind of wasting your time if you don't go to get the extra degree to get the more to get more going thatas and be happier in your field. Um, but I get it. Going more and more into debt, school is crazy. But when I went to, I was recently in Portland. My friend and I were talking about how like like my big light bulb moment, how much of a scam college tuition is and school money was, was I spent about seven years paying $900 a month on my student loans. Bitch, I looked after seven years, I had only paid $3,000 on the principal. The rest all paid interest. And again, that's because I got bad interest rates, whatever. I was a young kid borrowing money for the bank to pay for school. I get it, all those things. But yeah, going more into debt to pay for school sounds insane. But if you need it um, to get in a position in your job that you want to, then you kind of have to. Now, I will say if you have to get a student loan, I would really try to get a federal loan. Federal loans have much better interest rates than private Income loans. Based. Um, yeah. And so I, I got federal loans and I was able to pay mine back um, pretty easily, actually. I mean, I literally did, did not pay my student loans for 10 years. And then I was still able to pay them all off in like one chunk payment. How much did you have um, again? 
I didn't have that much. I only had ten thousand dollars. I had I, because I, I was on I was on the Pell Grant. The Pell Grant is is how you pay for college if you don't have money. Like if your parents don't make a lot of money, mm-hmm. then then you take you have the Pell Grant. But I also tried to take summer classes, and because I was taking summer classes, um, I Pell Grant does not cover summer classes. Pell Grant covers just uh, you have to be a full time student, and it has to be. But I also have this thing where I. I told you all about the the, the running I have with the teacher. I had a, a restraining order against me. I couldn't go to class, so I lost my Pell Grant. It was a whole thing, so I had to get uh, whatever. Anyway, um, I, I and I also feel like another thing that I think is important um, to think about is like is it is it is it something that you actually need? Is it a requirement, or do you, will you just feel intimidated if you don't have it? If it's a requirement, then if it's a requirement and that's the field you want to go into, then you literally have to do it. But I know that, you know, I wanted to get a theater degree, but you do not need a theater degree to be an actor, like at all. You just don't need it. A theater degree, I think that theater training can help you um, become a uh, a better actor because you're taking the, uh, acting classes. But a theater degree itself alone will not make you a, um, a, a it won't get you jobs. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I, I, I know that's true. If you're if, if you're going to teach, for example, if you uh, if you're going if you get an um, an opera performance degree and a master's, or bachelor's, or whatever. If you want to teach opera at a collegiate level, you need a master's or bachelor's to do it. You cannot. I'm not talking you cannot about just say, I'm teaching. Good I'm talking about acting. I didn't say teaching. Oh, to perform. Yes, to perform. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Um, but also, yeah, I, I don't know if this is if this is something if this is something a requirement or it's just something everyone else has. Like if you go to a if you go to see like a Broadway show and look in the program, most of those people will have co- uh, college degrees in performance. But you don't need that in order to be a Broadway performer, or to be an actor, or to be a film actor, or to be a comedian, or to be a stage actor, any of that kind of stuff. But it but it can help. You know what I mean? Um, I do think that um, higher education in America is one of the biggest scams we we have we're facing today. I think that if you need to ask yourself if you really want to go into that field, then yeah, you have to do it. It's kind of like my friend, our friend Nick. Nick has a master's degree in opera, and he works in real estate. And he's always kind of like, I mean, I'm glad I went to school, but I just I have this this a very expensive degree that I'm just not using at all. And I think that happens to a lot of performers. A lot of performers spend a lot of money because we 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 are we're 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 taught the pipe dream that you have to spend all this money, you have to go to school, and we're taught that grad school mm-hmm. will help. And then we're also taught, well, you can start teaching. Well, bitch, most of us don't want to teach, and that's full T. Most of us are we went to school well, for like, like Nat Nat is like Nat is like, see, Nat is like I want to do this thing. Nat isn't like yeah, Nick but, or myself. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If like, a uh, what are we gonna do? But, but I also don't know why Nat's getting a music degree. If Nat's like, you sound like you're just spending more money on a music degree if you're going into museum management. It just seems I like think more the degree money. might be museum management. He said music and museum management. I'm yeah, pretty but, sure he but said the that. master's degree. I, it's in one of the others. It's, it's in one of the, the the master's degree isn't a dual one. He said he got his under he got he's got the degree in music and art, whatever. Oh, I can't remember. I, I thought that he said he was trying to get a dual master's degree, one in music. He's studying music and I can't remember. Long story short, if you need the degree, you should get it. If it's the if the, if, if this is certainly the field that you want to work in and this is the only way to get in that field, yeah. yes. But if you are getting some sort of a and dual master's degree in music and you don't intend to work in music, I would not get that. That that seems like to me like a waste of money and if you really just want to learn more about music you can just take private classes girl girl full team 
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters and could help you find your perfect place. Yep, I know perfect is a very tall order. I know, okay? But if you're looking for an apartment or a condo or a townhome or a townhouse even, Apartments.com has all the right tools to help you find it. Use filters and saved searches to narrow down rental listings and find exactly the place for you. You can even set up alerts to get notified as places become available. So, fashionistas, get your closet spaces ready, darling. Or an in-unit washer and dryer? My God. Sun lovers. We can help you find as much natural light as your spirit and your little heart desires. If you're working from home, you can have an area for your home office, an extra bathroom, a balcony, central heating and air, or a dishwasher in the kit. Girl, whatever happens to be right for you, this is the place to find it. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Our next partner has truly made a positive impact on the most important person in my life. And no, I'm not talking about Jacob. I'm talking about my cat. My cat's old food used to stink, stank, stunk, y'all, okay? And I used to dread every time I had to feed Miss Colleen. That old cat food was warming. It was great. It was looking crazy. And I could see Colleen literally vomiting telepathically at the thought of having to eat it. And cat food has been the same forever, so it's time cat food took the move to the 21st century, and that's why I've been trying Smalls. Are you feeding your cat kibble? Now is the time to update your cat food with Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge, and it's delivered right to your door. Smalls was started now, back- I was watching my poor niece eat literal hard uh, kernels of dry cereal while Monet and Andy were ever eating gourmet food. And that's actually when I stepped in and I said, we need to make sure that she's eating as well as you two are, okay? Smalls was started back in 2017 by a couple of guys home cooking cat food in small batches for their friends. And a few short years later, they served millions of meals to cats around the world, honey. And I feel better knowing that Colleen is eating well. And um, that she has an aunt like me who looks out for her to make sure she's not eating that old burnt up kibble. You can finally open up a packet of cat food and not get nauseated. You actually recognize the ingredients in the packet of Small's Food. 
Now give your cat the gift of great cat food this holiday season. Head to smalls.com slash rivalry and use code rivalry to check out for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use the code rivalry for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code rivalry for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. All right, let me play the second memo. Hello, Bob and Monet. So my boyfriend and I were together for almost two and a half years, but then he broke up with me in April of 2021 because he was moving to LA and I live on the East Coast and he didn't want to do long distance. Cut to now, a friend of mine wants to move to LA with me and I just am confused and befuddled if I should hit him up again because that was kind of the only reason was the long distance. Because I still do have feelings for him, and we were really close and in love and everything. So um, any advice would be welcomed. Love you. Sincerely, heart transplant. <laughs> heart transplant. Not going to give themselves so names. Good. They're giving themselves names. I mean, I was like this. I if that, that was really, if that was really the only reason, then I say hit him up. If you don't have any bad blood, hit him up. And, and if nothing else, maybe you'll still be good friends. I, I don't know if he's if he's still available and free. You know what I mean? Um, I think I also feel like it's, it's interesting that you that I mean you didn't say why you're moving with a friend, but it's interesting you wouldn't move for your partner, but you're moving with a friend. That is, that is a little interesting. But you also didn't say why. Maybe you and the friend have a job. I don't know what it was, but it seemed like the partner was moving. You're like I'm good. The friend moving. You're like let's move. Um, but if there if, if 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 honey, if he's free and you're in and you still have feelings, just explore it. See what happens. Yeah, I think that um, maybe you're moving because after all the pandemic, you're like, I need, I I want to live somewhere else. I don't want to live on the East Coast anymore. Wherever you're living, you want you want you want to change. And um, L.A. sounds like a good place. Whatever your reason is, good for you because I moved to L.A. and I love it. Um, I say I agree. Shoot your shot. I'm like life is too short. If that was the only reason you guys broke up and you feel like there's still love there and you guys are still you and you think that there that this could be something. This could be your husband or whatever it is, I say, shoot your shot. And the worst he can say is there was a time and I'm not interested in pursuing, in pursuing a relationship again. Y'all were ex y'all were boyfriends. So you know each other intimately. So that won't be an awkward, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be awkward. It's short. It short can be an awkward conversation, but you guys had a relationship before. So it's less like that. It will be. And I think shoot your shot and see what he says. He might say, Oh my God, this is the greatest news of my life. He might say, bitch, fuck you. Go back to where you came from. Oh Who God. knows? But try it. <laughs> those really, those are really extremes. <laughs> I mean, any, I, so I, I, anything in the middle of those things can happen. He he could go, baby. Let's get married. He could go. Your mom's a fat cunt. He could say either one of those yeah. things. We never know. They pretty much. <laughs> I will let your mom know that she's a fat cunt. That was a pretty good Tiffany. You sound like Tiffany. Have you been watching Celebrity Big Brother by the way? I feel like pretty great. I feel like pretty fly. I can't believe that fucking Jenna gave me her Dolce and Gabbana's. What? Have you been watching you Celebrity Big Brother? Have you been watching Celebrity Big Brother? I have not been watching. Have you been watching it? I heard I heard Todrick is I've, being mean, rude, and nasty. I have not watched it either, but my mom is like, yo, my mom is, my mom loves the show. And she keeps being like, your friend Todrick is acting wild on Celebrity Big Brother. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to play the game. But apparently for people who, who are who are people who are real fans of the show are like, that's how you play. That's like how you have to play the game. That... 
that's what everyone, everyone says stuff like that. I'm like, it sounds like he's playing the game. Like, people go on Survivor and Big Brother. Now, there is a thing of playing the game too hard, too fast. You know what I mean? That is a thing. Where you see people go on the show, and day one, they're, like, plotting to take blah, blah, blah out because they don't fly. Because a lot of that show is strategy, which is flying under the radar, making big moves, but playing it cool so that people aren't putting a target on you. So maybe Tajik may be playing too hard. That might be what be happening. But lying Today, and deceiving uh, think- is not weird for Big Brother. Today at the, at the dentist, they were like, are you watching Big Brother? Um, and I was like, no, I'm not watching Big Brother. But they were like, oh, my God, Tajik, I think he's going to win. They, they, my, my, my dental hygienist think that Tajik is going to win. Uh, my mom thinks that Tajik is going to get himself kicked off the show for being too messy. And she thinks Carson's going to win. Um, maybe my mom should do watchery for <laughs> Maybe Martha oh Caldwell should be watchery for. I would watch it with your mom. I, if, I, if, I, if I knew also, she watched, we would have. I would have done watchery with with Miss Caldwell, and we would have watched Big Brother together. Also, not to mention, I went to Tajik's Instagram, and all the comments are like snake emojis and trash emojis. Oh no! Isn't that Tadric? wild? That sucks. But also, That's like very Alaska. for playing for playing the game the right way. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I also haven't watched, so I cannot. I can't uh, vouch for how messy or nasty he's being because I haven't watched the show. I need to watch it. I also feel like I'm just so behind. I don't get how the show works anymore. I don't know how, to, not anymore. I never knew how the show worked, to be honest. But, but it's, it's one of those shows, Survivor and Big Brother, you can pick up anytime you can, because every scene is the same with slight variation. You can pick it up. You know, you can, if you just watch it, you'll get it. Whenever y'all start, uh, episode one. All right, let's get another another audio. I love the audio submissions. Oh, do you? Like you like the audio us. submissions? Me, 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 me. I do. Hi, Bob and Monet. I really like your show, and I would like to get some advice on relationships. So, first of all, I'm 24 years old. I'm a queer man, and I've been dating this guy for a few months now. So, I really like him. We spend a lot of time together. We have great sexual chemistry. So, I've been thinking a lot lately about asking him to be my boyfriend, but since this will be my first for my relationship per se, I would like to get your advice on how did you decide, like with your partners that you wanted to jump from dating to actually being in a relationship? Like, is it something that you plan ahead or is it something that just came up naturally one day and you just ask, please let me know. <laughs> Sincerely, bachelor number one. What is it? Sincerely <laughs> what? Bachelor number one. I love these names they give themselves. <laughs> um, I if y'all have gotten this far, I assume that y'all have already talked about what you guys want in a relationship, whether it's like monogamy, polyamory, um, open. So I, I'm assuming you guys have discussed that. If not, before you ask someone to be a boyfriend, I think that's an important thing to know. Like, well, what does a relationship look like to that person? So I think knowing fundamentally, you need to know if y'all are compatible. Because if he wants to be polyamorous and you want to be monogamous, that's just not going to work. Not unless you're willing to change for him and vice versa. And um, how I knew, I, I, we just knew. I think we were we were dating for, at this, at this point, six weeks, six weeks, seven weeks. And then we we're like, we should be boyfriends. And we just, we just, it was, it was uh, but this kind of, we're, we're both very goofy. So we kind of just had like a goofy conversation about it. <laughs> and then it was a thing. <laughs> I don't know just, we're so goofy. I don't know why that's we are me. <laughs> we're so goofy. We are. We're not like, no, we're like really goofy. I don't know why that tickled me so much. 
I mean, there, 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 are, there are couples that are very serious. Bob, you you and Jacob, well, actually, you're goofy. Jacob is more straight-laced. You're, like, bobbing around goofy. Bleh, 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 and Jacob is, like... Jacob is so very You're fun. a goofy, too, bitch. I'll have you know Jacob's very fun. I don't know say... I, I, okay, Jacob being straight-laced has nothing to how funny he is. You are a goofy human being, and Jacob is very sitting there, like... Hmm. <laughs> now you just calling me goofy. Goofy. <laughs> you just you are you a goofy ass nigga? with your goof ass, yo goof ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, okay. I, I don't know why y'all keep asking me Monet for relationship advice. I I, I don't know what have you y'all the, the notion. First of all, thank you all for giving us <laughs> details. Thank you for telling us your age, your 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 yeah. sexual like it really helps out a lot. Um, and I don't know why y'all think that me and Monet are relationship experts, but I appreciate y'all asking us about these things. Me, I and think if people Jay- just have a lot of relationship questions. Relationships yeah. are hard, Bob. Me and Mon, me and Jacob were, uh, we honestly like we were, we had been dating for probably a month, maybe. What are you shaking your head for? You don't have a mic, do you? <laughs> I don't. So, what, what do you? How long do you think we're dating? Jacob says four months. That is not okay. Sound. That is a big discrepancy. You said a month. Jacob said four. I mean, but also yeah. y'all said I love you. Literally, the, the as soon as as soon as y'all said hey on the app and y'all started sending dick pics. So I, I don't know what's going on. You just falsified a lot of information. Um, I think that uh, maybe our uh, dating was somewhere between one and four months, maybe. Um, but <laughs> Jacob was also staying at my house a lot, and we were we were very much just like a f- dating more or less, um, without actually saying we were official. Um, but we also didn't we didn't make a big deal. It was it wasn't a big deal. It, it wasn't like it wasn't a tearful like should we be together. It wasn't it it it, it, it wasn't a scene from the Notebook. It was just a question if we should start if we if we wanted to be official. I, I, in my mind, I imagine that Monet and, and um and Andy were like, "Have you ever seen a scene in the movie in the movies where like the couples have sex and then the the girls sitting on the edge of the bed that she looks back and she always goes, what are we doing?'" <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, Monet was like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> okay, wait. So I'm confused. So, bitch, y'all don't have a. Between one and four months, that is the well, that is the vaguest weirdest. Y'all just like it happened at some point. Like you don't have a time when you guys call. Like uh, what? Yeah, we. we okay, we, what we about you and Ezra? Did y'all just start we, calling each we, other boyfriends a day? Uh, what about you and Ezra? Yeah, me and Jacob did not mark down the constellations and 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 mark our calendars. We actually we ended up we kind of arbitrary not arbitrarily we kind of just like did some math and chose <laughs> our and chose our anniversary day. We were like. It's around this time. And then we just landed on a date that felt like, I think we said, what did we say, babe? Okay. So (laughs) the first time we met was uh, December 18th on Grindr. That's our eating ass anniversary. (laughs) You're so ridiculous, Jacob. Um, Then we came to Berkeley January 25th. And then we, he asked me to be, we talked about being boyfriends sometime in early April. So that was oh well, that was also a big yeah. There, there was like a month where we weren't um, seeing each other at all because of me living in um in New York City. Anyway, and Ezra and I were pro- Ezra and I were probably on our like maybe like our third date, and we started dating. 
For yeah. a day. Okay, Bob, was that, was it, because you weren't living in LA, so was it like a month between, was, a, a day I between? Don't know. Maybe it was over the course of like um, <laughs> two months, maybe? Maybe two and a half months, maybe? I think. So as you can see, I don't really make a big deal about like the time that I'm like dating people. I'm like, it, I don't, I don't like marketing the calendar. I'm not like, you know, it's not, it's not written. Do in you the stars. celebrate anniversaries? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, me and Jacob, have, me and Jacob and I have celebrated an anniversary before, and Ezra and I have also celebrated an anniversary before. Yes. So Ezra and One I one time in the three years you and Jacob and I have been together. Jacob and I have been together for almost four years. I think it has been four years. Yeah, more or less four years. Um, and we've celebrated our anniversary yeah, before. But, but also, I'm, I, I, but I'm, I'm like, for example, the other day, me and Ezra were together for Valentine's Day, but we didn't really do any Valentine's Day stuff. Like, we didn't. It wasn't like a Valentine's Day thing. We, we were just like, at some point, I was like, oh, hey, happy Valentine's Day. But we were just at like a an event, and then I was like, oh, sure. it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. That's how I that's how I um do romance for myself. It makes it more manageable and less uh I don't know, it's just less like there's no gotcha, there's no you forgot my blank. There's there isn't any of that. Like other day I was asking Jacob about what he wants to do for his birthday, he was like, Don't plan anything. Just don't just we'll just see what happens on that day. And I'm like, Okay. Sounds good to me. Work. Um, well, um, caller. Caller number three. I forgot. Uh, uh, bachelor, bachelor number, number one. one. Um, yeah, I I would say have make sure that you guys are in tune fundamentally in what you want from a relationship before you say before you start calling each other boyfriends because I think that would make things very hairy and dicey if you don't. That's my yeah, advice. I agree. Let's listen to some more ad, some more questions. We have one more audio and we shall take a listen. Hi. I've been seeing a guy for a couple of months and I haven't got much relationship experience, but whenever I'm in a relationship, I constantly feel like the other guy doesn't like me or he's going to break up with me. I'm well aware that it's something that comes from my childhood. Uh, it's something I only experience in relationships because outside of relationships, I have a very high self-worth. Um, but I find myself getting surprised when he wants to spend time with me or compliments me and I just... I want to reprogram my brain. It's not something that I I put on the other person in a relationship because that's not fair to do. And I, I'm also aware that it's unwarranted, but I don't enjoy feeling like this all the time. Is there anything I can do to reprogram my brain? You know, mm -hmm. I was having this. Um, so Ezra and I were having this scenario come up where Ezra kept feeling like basically the other shoe was going to drop and I was going to be like not interested or something. And I think that I did, I just, I did my part in assuring him that I was interested in him and that I did not want to, you know, break up or, or anything like that. But also, also Ezra was, um, a part of it was Ezra, who, by the way, is quite open about, um, his struggling with BPD, um, borderline personality disorder. Um, it's like a symptom of that for him anyway. Um, and we just, you know, we just communicate with each other and, and I and I let them know how I feel. And also, I think that it's okay to ask for what you need. And if you're in a relationship where you don't feel comfortable asking for what you need, I can see that being very upsetting. Like, I can see it being very upsetting if you're, if you're with someone. In terms of assurance from the other partner? In terms of anything. If you need something and you well, don't feel in, comfortable. And this, this specifically, you think he should ask him? To like assure yeah. him, 
I think that you should ask him for assurance. If if if, it, if it's not too much of an issue to assure your partner that you are interested in them. Some people need a lot of words of affirmation. Some people need gifts. Some people need touch. Some people need you know people need people need different things to feel affirmed in their relationship. Um, and and maybe after a while of affirming, um, it'll feel real to you, and you won't and you won't need it after a while. But it's okay to ask for it while you need it. In my opinion, me and Jacob had a moment where we were uh, affirming each other a lot, and it really helped our relationship a lot. And Jacob would say, "Hey, can you just tell me affirm me?" And I would ask Jacob, "Can you affirm me and tell me that you like me, that you love me?" And we did this for a while, and uh, I think it really helped us out a lot. Work. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I definitely believe in telling your partner how, what they mean to you often and don't take it for granted how you think that person may feel or how you think that person thinks you think about them. I think it, I think it is important to, to regularly affirm your partner about how attracted they are to you, how much you love them, all that stuff. I do agree with that. Um, but on the other hand, your partner may be someone who, for whatever reasons in their life, they don't like to. Um, that is not a way that they speak love with um, words of affirmation, either giving or receiving. So I think it's fine if, if that's if clearly the partner is not doing that, or maybe they are they're not doing it enough for you. Um, so I I agree about talking to them and asking them to maybe to make that slight adjustment because that'll make you feel better if it's not a burden to them. But it's something that they don't like doing because they maybe feel awkward hearing that. Some people don't like to hear how beautiful they are. Some people don't like to hear how much you love them because it make them feel icky, whatever their situation may be. So again. I think a through line through a lot of the advice Bob and I give here is having conversation, having dialogue about what you are feeling and and, and be just being honest, because that is really the best way to mitigate any bullshit. Just being honest. But like, hey, I'm feeling really bad. And I I mean, I know the relationship. I know we've, we've been dating for three months, but I just don't know if you love me. And it would, be, it would really make me feel better if you would just tell me a little more often that how much you love me and 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 whatever it is that you need. Um, but cautious about if that is not how that person speaks and you have to find a balance that'll make both of you happy I believe in open communication with swift honesty meaning like be honest as soon as you can it will really help in the long run like you don't want to bottle shit up bottling up feelings and then you've been feeling unwanted by your partner for this all the time and your partner's like oh all you need is for me to tell you that I that I really enjoy being around you that I think you're funny and that I think you're really talented I would have been saying that a thousand times i thought i was saying it a lot apparently i wasn't i would love to say it more i would love to make sure that you feel to help you feel great around me if you only have a 401k you're not getting the most for retirement wait what add a Robinhood ira on top then they'll boost it by three percent you can do that and if you transfer in any retirement account you get three percent on top of that is there a limit to the match no limit Robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for Robinhood gold at robinhood.com boost by april 30th subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood financial llc member sipc these days, you can't go anywhere on the internet without running into the most horrible takes. You know, your good old-fashioned homophobes, or your self-proclaimed alpha males, who are writing two-page articles titled, How to Score the Perfect Female in 10 Days. If you are just as sick of these outdated takes as we are, you will love our podcast, Outspoken, hosted by me, Sam Collins, and my incredible partner, Shannon. We are an LGBT couple who have seen it all, been called it all, 
and are ready to take on the never-ending world of outrageous online opinions. Each week, we bring you the most ridiculous videos, hot takes, and hellbent news we come across on the internet. So come laugh with us as we dismantle outdated ideologies and tear apart the most confident idiots on the internet. On our podcast, Outspoken. You can follow and listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you are listening right now. So let's get on to some of our um, our written questions. Hey, Bob and Monet. I've been with um, my husband since I was 17 years old. Oh, my God. Um, we have been married for 10 years now. So um, almost 20 years together. Oh, Wait, what? oh got it. Okay. Wait. Uh, they they This person was with their husband before they were married, I'm assuming. It, it did not tell yeah. us how... It did not tell us how old they are, so I don't know how long they've been together, but... It's okay, almost so that means years. That they would get, they, yeah, okay. This person is roughly uh, 37. Roughly. 37, um, yeah. It, all right. I've been with my husband since I was 17 years old. We've been married for 10 years now, so almost 20 years together in total, and we have two, a two-year-old son. Unfortunately, ever since I got pregnant with our son, my sex drive has died. It has now mm. been over two years and some change since we've had sex. Wow. I need advice on how to make the spark come back to our relationship before we fizzle out. Please help. Huge fan. Love you both. Thank you for um, for making long drives to work bearable. Sincerely, married with children. Monet, you're up first. Okay, girl, we gave some advice to this before, and I think you should try some things you have not done before. Like, maybe it is sending your husband some sexy pictures at, while he's at work or um, sending him dirty text messages. Try going to a sex store, going to a sex shop together. Y'all don't have to buy anything. Maybe just the act of going to a sex shop together and looking at the things that are available. It might pique your interest, might pique his interest. Can we want to try something? And then y'all are having this, y'all having stuff together. I think doing stuff together to find what is arousing to both of you that's new. Because again, if you've been together for 20 years, I'm assuming you've probably done a lot of things or maybe you haven't done a lot. So I think trying to find new and interesting, sexy things to get that spark again and make you guys excited about having sex with each other, I think could could help. Um, you know, I want to say this. I I do not think that you should feel bad about not wanting to have sex. Um, I think that I'm a, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um. I'm just Googling this right now. It is, it is, this is according to babycenter.com. It is normal to have a decreased sex drive after giving birth. The feeling can last for a few months. One study of, um, of postpartum um, uh, women, 20% had little or no desire to have sex for three months after delivery. Another 21% had a complete loss of desire for um, an, or aversion to sexual activity. Um, I think that when you give birth to a child, it probably changes your body's chemistry a lot. Probably, I'm assuming. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and also as we get older, sometimes people have just have lower sex drives. Some people get older and just want to have less sex. And I do not think you should feel bad about that. I also do not think that you should force yourself to have bad though. Well, let me finish my thing. I also don't think that you should, um, force yourself to have sex if you don't want to like you, if, I mean, it, 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 it sounds like you, it sounds like from what I'm reading, you just don't have a, you have a very, very low sex drive. It says, it says, um, my sex drive has died. So I, I can imagine trying to have sex with no sex drive would be very unfulfilling to the person who has no sex drive. I think that maybe there's ways to find out if your partner can um, 
find out if there's some way for your partner to get some sort of arousal without you find out if there's something you can do that won't feel burdensome to yourself because i don't think you want to start resenting having sex with your partner or resenting doing anything with your partner especially if if, if, you, if you feel like you just you're not compelled to do it i can see how that could really upset someone's for me it would upset my soul to engage with sex when i just have no sex drive if i'm just like i just don't want to do this i have no i have no desire um, and sometimes, you know, things shift and change within your dynamics with people in general, but, but maybe your, your husband still has a very high sex drive and you want him to be able to have sex, but you can't keep up with him. Maybe there's other ways, maybe there's other people, maybe there's other things, maybe there are things you can do that, um, feel sexy to you. Um, but you don't have to all, in my opinion, you do not have to always have sex every single time. And I, and I get it. You're like, if your husband is not having sex at all for two years and he has a high sex drive, I can see that being very, very, very frustrating. Um, so I that's why I think that it's okay to explore the possibility of maybe if you think your relationship can stand it, opening up or having another person or seeing if there's something that your husband can do that doesn't involve you where he can still get his rocks off and you don't have to compromise your desire to not have sex. Yeah, I, on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the notion of getting a spark back beside, outside of the things that um, I said about going to the store together, Bobby recommended maybe opening it up. Uh, maybe a spark, maybe something, maybe try to do some stuff with food. Like maybe you guys can go out to, go out to a nice restaurant together and instead of sitting opposite each other, maybe try sitting next to each other. I know that seems like something so simple, but try going to a restaurant and sitting next to each other. That gets, to me, that gets very intimate. Maybe something you guys have not tried having a meal like that together before. And it can get, I don't know, it could, it could percolate a little sexiness inside of you or or him. And that could be the spark that you're looking for. So just just try doing things differently than you have been doing it um, for the past 20 years to, to, to get a little spark back in uh in the in the booty hole you know in my honest opinion i think the most important thing you can do is probably talk to a therapist who specializes in sex and specializes in people who have a loss of sex drive there is uh, as we say on better help on our better help ad there is a specialist for everything there is some therapist out there who knows exactly what to do i think that seeking professional help and getting counseling for your relationship is so smart and is so underutilized and i don't think you should be embarrassed to talk to a therapist and say do you know someone who specializes in sex because i have no sex drive but i want my partner to be happy and also the last thing i'll say too this and the last thing i say is talk to your husband maybe your husband can tell you the thing this may say something to you that you want you want to be like oh my god this is something that easy with you know what i mean having having a conversation with your husband with your husband i think is important because there may be something that you just so simply you and him could change or try together that would make you get bring y'all closer together again after 20 years you know? yeah it's little things sometimes the most obvious thing next question dear bob and monet I'm an extrovert and I have a lot of friends who are wildly different. Like I have my gays who I like to get turned and party with, my gays who I like to have intellectual conversations with, and my gays who I play video games with. They don't know each other. I love them all and they all fulfill different needs of mine, but I don't feel like these people would be friends or mix well together. Sometimes I'm at the club with one friend and I'll see another friend who wants to hang out. It feels rude to be like, I'm with my other friends now, but I don't feel like there would be good group chemistry is it rude to ignore a friend at the club if you're out with somebody else 
How do you introduce friends who have clashing personalities? Sincerely, friend of blender. All right. This, um, it, in, in my opinion, it is rude to ignore your friends when you're out. That in, in my opinion, yes. If I saw a friend of mine, especially if they were a close friend, and they ignored me out in public, I'd be like, what the hell's going on? Also, you don't know. These people might be, they might get along like gangbusters. Give them the opportunity to, to see if they get along. Like, don't don't decide for them that they won't, um, you know, have that they won't get along. Let them find out for themselves, I think. You know, I am someone like that. I I don't I I am not the type of person I feel like all my friends need to commingle and be friends themselves. I don't I, I don't I don't subscribe to that. Um, I, I, I feel you. I feel like there are some certain friends you do certain things with because that feels that void for you. And I think that's totally fine and that's valid. But if you are outside, like at a gay, at a club and you see a nerd group, um, game board friend, you're out with game board friend. And then you see PlayStation friend over there at the bar, a way to not like, if you like, I don't think you should ignore the other friend. You should go over and be like, Hey, how you doing? PlayStation friend. Da, da, da. Oh my God, it's good to see you here. Yeah. I'm here with my friend. Da, da, da. Now, if they, if he comes over and they end a meeting, that's fine. But I don't think you need to feel like you need to be the bridge to bring all these friends together. I think that it is completely fine and completely valid to keep your friend group separate because that's because it's it's not about them being friends. Good for them. It's about what how you how what makes you feel good and what makes you feel safe and what makes you feel you know uh, uh, not get anxiety because I get anxiety. when different friend groups meet. I know the feeling you get anxiety. You're like oh my god, this person saying this thing like oh, you. It's a lot. So I think keeping them separate is fine but if they organically meet at a bar because it's a public space everyone is welcome there then that's not your business like if he comes over and they become friends good for them but i don't think you need you feel like you have to do it and you should not feel bad about not wanting to make sure friend group can friend i just groups. say that for years i have been literally saying that you have been separating me from your other friends and you always say no i'm not i'm not i'm not doing that I'm not trying to keep you from your friend. Well, with you, that's, finally... with, 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 with you, that's not true. Have I, do I, like, do I make, but for example, I brought our to your house, you, I brought Dewan you to your house. You said you do it. Certain friend groups, certain, I said certain reasons, certain friend groups give me anxiety, but they, you're not a person that I feel that with. There are some other friends that I do feel that with. With you, I don't. You've met so many groups of my friends. Arcia was literally sitting on your couch. I brought her to your house. We were watching games and you gave her some shitty advice about I, the boys you were I, dating. I literally begged you to bring over for, a, I think, legitimately three years. Hey, but Bob, also you traveled and you were every, sometimes RC would come to my house on the weekend and you're not here for the weekend. There are things I was not keeping RC from. him. There's no reason I would do that. And you know that you're just being extra. I'm not, but there are certain friend groups that I don't friend. like to mingle. But yeah, because there right, are certain ones that you are not, you don't fall into that category. Let me go to the next question. Um, hi, Bob and Monet. I am a 25 year old queer black male. I am, I was born in North America. This is very vague. Like we're not going to track you down. <laughs> I was born in North America, but have lived around the world for most of my life, mostly in Europe. Um, my dilemma is that I have no black friends. I haven't had black friends for most of my life in elementary school, high school, or university. For some reason, I can't seem to form proper connections with uh, with the few that I do meet um, in our community. I love living in Europe. I love my friends. I don't care about race, but I do long for jokes and kikis with someone with a similar background. I love watching you two because oh, the connection okay. you have is so inspiring, and I and I feel like I'm your friend through the screen. How do I find friends that'll appreciate my uh, my bake and shark palu ox? Oh, this is food. Pilau. 
Is this oh Palau yeah. rice and peas, roti and doubles as, as much as I do. Sincerely, lonely Island. Lonely Island. I know, I know. It's pronounced Island. I know that everyone. Do you? Um. Uh, I mean, I, I okay, used to so live on an island, so person. yes. You're a black person that does not have any black friends because. Um, because not not elementary, not in high school, university. Um, I guess it's figuring out why you feel like you can't make proper connections with other black people in your like. Do you feel? I I just I, because I'm not. I've never had that experience. I I honestly, I, when I see black people in the room, I'm like, who? Thank God. I'm like. So I know that I can connect with these people on a certain level. So I've never experienced not being able to make friends with black folk. And I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where that may come from. I mean, I am someone mm. who has uh friends of lots of different races. Um and I grew up having only black friends. And then when I went to college, well, in high school, I also had some Vietnamese friends because there are lots of Vietnamese, uh, there's a, a large Vietnamese population in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. and then in college I started hanging out with white people like pretty much for the first time and I remember my mom never saw me hanging out with white people until I was in college and then she was like oh my god you're hanging out with all these white people and then I started feeling self-conscious about it because I was like yeah I'm hanging out with some white people but I'm also hanging out with white I started feeling like is it weird that I'm that I hang out with, with, with that I'm hanging out with the theater majors at my school because most of the theater majors were mm-hmm. white that's just how I was in my school I didn't, I didn't go to a historically black university I went to uh, uh, just some, you know, white people say college. It wasn't a white people college, but there were a lot of white people at my school. Um, and it was in Columbus, Georgia. Um, and I think that maybe what's going on is because you were raised around so many white people, maybe you are having, maybe you have, your experiences are less um, common amongst uh, black people. That could be uh, maybe what you're experiencing. And I think that it's I think that there's probably a lot of black people who have similar experiences to you who also crave to have some more black friends. And I think that maybe you can find those people, you know, luckily on the with the with the help of the Internet, we can find so many people who are in our areas who have such similar um, characteristics and, and experiences in history to us. I would say food is a great uniter, and you have. I'm, I'm guessing you are some <laughs> type of West always Indian. food. When it's like food, I mean, I mean, I mean, he 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 literally listed a, a fucking. I know. A fucking I just menu love that of, you're like. You know what? You know, you know what? Food. And food is a <laughs> food is a great uniter. So you have the workings of a great conversation starter about some oxtail, some pelau, some roti. You have so many things you can bring up to a lot. Of, I mean, I mean definitely of uh, the West Indian variety. But I think use food. Segway food, bitch. Find some find some people who like mac and cheese and you let that be the let that be the conversation starter. Like I mean walk into the we're I mean, not at school anymore. Uh but in my mind you're gonna walk into the cafeteria at your office and be like, um does anybody here like mac and cheese? Well no there's a lot of white people like mac and cheese too. Um does anybody here like big mac and cheese? I don't. I don't know if this is good. Inv- I don't know if this is good advice. <laughs> no, I'm literally not saying well, that. Like, when they's like, when they's like, walk the cafeteria, walk the cafeteria and say, "Y'all niggas eat fried chicken." 
What the hell? What kind of advice is this? I think that food is a great conversation starter. Use food as if if, if you feel nervous, use food as a way to start the conversation. And I think you will be a shoe in to find. Hey, y'all niggas need buffalo wings. (laughs) I love chicken. Listen, eat chicken. For example, you listen to sibling rivalry. I happen to know for a fact there's lots of black people who listen to sibling rivalry. You're in the Patreon. Go to the Patreon. There, there is a bulletin board in the Patreon. He's he's on the Patreon. You can't be on the Patreon. You can't comment, submit questions if you're not on the Patreon. Oh yeah, true. So you can be in the bulletin board. Hey, I don't have a lot of black friends, and I'm craving um, blackness in my life. Anyone here happen to live in Europe? Anyone want to meet up? When you go out to the club, go up to black people and talk to them. You can be, you, you know, don't be, don't be cringy. Don't walk up and start asking about mac and cheese and 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 whatever. You, you can just, you know, go up to them and just start talking to them and hang out. You and, should walk up to the black people and be like, "Y'all niggas eat watermelon." This <laughs> so. And then see what happens. This is the messiest event. But I think that you can, you know, there. That's that's the thing. Like you're you're whoever you whoever you are. Bear in mind, you are not unlike black people you are like black people because you are a black person there are lots of black people who have experiences just like you your expression of your blackness does not need to coincide with that of me and monet monet and i have two completely different expressions of blackness because i'm a black southerner and monet is a west indian you are a black person who's lived in europe probably around a bunch of white people so you probably have a really interesting experience so there are lots mm-hmm. of other black folks who have the exact you and candace owens no, i'm kidding you can find a lot of people who have experiences like, like i was talking to um monroe bergdorf from the uk actually and she was saying that she did not meet any people of color until she got to college she just never met people of color. She grew up around no people Who of color. Who is Monroe Bergdorf? Monroe Bergdorf is a uh, social uh, commentator, a political commentator in the UK. She's like known for like going head to head with Piers Morgan on the, the Good Morning Britain or whatever that show was. Like uh-huh. Piers Morgan would be saying like racist or transphobic or homophobic things, and she's this black trans woman who would who would like read him for filth within an inch of his life Lord. while looking absolutely stunning the whole time. Anyway. Um. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my dear. advice. Don't don't be don't be don't be nervous around black people. Just try to go to go to go to bars in the city or or whatever city you live in. I I I genuinely well because I drink, but I genuinely think having like a little cocktail loosens you up and it'll like kind of strips on some of your inhibitions and takes away some of the nerves, so you can have conversations. I mean, don't be don't be messy. Don't be belligerent and be like um. I I don't consider that, but I think if you if you feel more comfortable at a bar setting, have a cocktail and just have have just strike up a conversation with people. People, especially if you notice other black people maybe at the bar by themselves, that's maybe they're so someone in town visiting or someone who is maybe in the same situation as you, trying to make friends because they're new to the city, whatever they are. Just try going to a bar and having a conversation with folk. Yeah, strike up a conversation. Um, this is yours. Um, did you read this? Or I re- it's my turn to read. I read the last one because I mispronounced yeah. all that fucking West Indian food. Yeah. Dear Bob and Monet, I've been doing drag pretty regularly for five years and I feel like I'm stuck in the same place. A lot of queens who started at the same time as me have weekly gigs, but I'm still just doing competitions and performances when I get invited. How do I step my pussy up and move to the next level? Sincerely, started from the bottom. Now we still at the bottom. Is this, is this, is this from? Is this from free? No point. <laughs> right. <now. laughs> did free? Did free send this? Did my drag daughter send this? 
girl. Oh my so, goodness! Wait, who started the last one? You started the last one, did you? I can't remember if I you, did. You did. Yeah. So you go. So here's the skinny. You know, this is literally a, a conversation I just had with one of my drag kids named Free. So Free is is um, wanting to uh, make it in the scene as a performer, but Free happens to be making her way through the scene as a seamstress and, and as someone who makes as a costume designer. And honestly, that is such a beautiful and glorious path. And I understand that the grass is always greener on the other side. And, you know, Free is a performer. Free was a ballet dancer for years and wanted to um, make it as, you know, a a a performer because that's where that's the world that he came from. But he stumbled into this world where he's a really good designer. And I think about how many drag queens have honestly made really remarkable careers being designers like that is their thing. Um you know, free, uh, you know, Domino Couture is one that pops into my mind immediately, um, who has a, an entire career. I've never seen Domino perform a single time in my life. I think Domino said that she's the last time she performed, she was 19 and we're the same age. You know what I mean? Um, and, mm. and I think that maybe I, I don't know if you I don't know if you don't if you're not getting gigs because you don't have I don't know if it's like you're not going out there and getting the like like so a part of being doing drag honestly it's not about how talented you are it's about how dedicated you are to the grind like that is true I know some drag queens who are just honestly not that funny not that pretty not that talented can't sing can't dance like but they have Dang. so many gigs because they just gig like they hustle they hit the ground running they create their own shows they're asking bars you who this. Out of this. oh my god that is so shady um but i feel like you know you got to find what you're good at and everyone's good at something that's the thing baby everyone is good at something like for example the drag queen linda simpson i don't believe linda, in that everyone is good at something no one there's no one other who's just not talented who's who can't do anything i don't think that's a thing i don't believe that personally you know, Linda Simpson is a photographer, and Linda Simpson is um is is really good at documenting, and she's turned that into part of her drag. She's this drag queen who like takes photographs and documents, and now, and she's friends with with all the legends. She does shows and she does comedy sometimes, but her big thing is her documentary. Check out her book if you can. It's really good. Yeah, so like I'm like, I'm saying like every every queen isn't gonna be the one doing splits and kicks and telling jokes. Some some queens are gonna be doing costume designs. Some queens are gonna be making wigs. Some queens are gonna be some queens are gonna be writers. Some queens are gonna be podcasters. Some queens are gonna be are only good in the medium of YouTube and TikTok, and that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be a reflection of everything you see around you. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I agree. Everyone is not good at everything. I think you should find the things that you do very well. But again, you say you've been doing it. Okay, what's 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 pretty regularly? Like, are you the bitch who comes out like one like one night out of the week and you perform one night and the other girls are like out every night of the week turning looks into things and they're progressing and you're not? Is is, is that what pretty regularly is? Because there, there is that thing too. Queens who they come out once a week twice out of the month and be like but i'm doing it like i'm doing so much drag i'm doing it I'm like but yeah but you're not doing it at the level of the girls who are doing because i experienced this in new york city growing up going going through the ranks uh, you know i was out every night of the week coming in drag whether i was getting paid or not like not asking for a booking fee doing whatever i can to get exposure and that i think that helped me grow so i think you should look at what the other girls are doing and see what you can improve on to make your chances of securing a weekly gig better and see how you can improve your drag to get to where you want to go. 
Um, because yeah, maybe not me. You maybe you may not be the best, uh, the best live singer, but you're a fucking fierce lip syncer. Maybe you know you may not be the best, uh, the best uh, dancer, but you can host very well. So I think find what that thing is that you can do really well and the things that you're lacking and how you can improve those so you can get the weekly gigs, girl. Because I, I get it. That is, well, for New York City, the validation of having a weekly gig or hosting a thing or having your own night somewhere, that, like, a lot of girls back then, I don't know what they do now, strive for that. Everyone wanted that. So I I, I could see how you not getting that and you want to take drag seriously is really fucking you up. So see what you can be better at, boo. And also food. Food is a great way to get into drag. You know, just go to the bar, oh my stand God. up and say like, my who here number. loves mac and cheese? <laughs> do you remember my fat mix number? I, I do remember that your That was the number that really put me on the mic. That put me on the map. No, I think the number that put you on the map was uh, your uh, your uh, beat down mix. I think that's the one no, that... Okay, all right. Well, you, you can have what you want to have. It was my part of your world, the one where you made with that shitty reveal dress. Okay, was, okay, was it the fat but mix? But I loved was it back then. Was, was it the fat mix? Was it the was it part of your world? Which one was it? That was a combination of the two. Um, I, there was something else I wanted to say about this person, but I can't remember. Honestly, yeah, you got to just... Also, yeah, you have to ask yourself, honestly, this is the thing about drag. You really have to ask yourself, how badly do you want this life? That is the real tea. Like, I remember to a point where I was, like, sacrificing so many things to do drag just because it brought me so much joy. I was happy to sacrifice my living room to do drag. I was happy to quit my job as a realtor to do drag. I was happy to leave the Jekyll and Hyde Club where I was making good money to struggle and do drag. I was happy to do so because I love drag so much. You know what I mean? You got to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. There's, there's people out there who are doing drag with no intention of ever getting on drag race or being famous. They just love drag. Yeah, that's stuff why you doing it. All the day. Oh my yeah. God. What's our that's last awesome. one? Our last you one. You Here we go. Hello, Bob and Monet. So recently I had a situation where I thought this straight cis man identified as gay or at least queer. However, he recently told me he is not and um, it has completely thrown me off course with my gaydar. I guess my question is, how do I navigate relationships with, with PC flamboyant straight white man when I myself, an indigenous gay man, am not having it with the whites? Thanks, bitter 20-year-old. First of all, tell Maddie Morphosis I said hi. Let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're a mess. Um, I mean... So you're upset that they're flamboyant and straight, or you just, or it's not like you're just mad that they're white. And you know what? <laughs> Being bad at white people, I get it. I get it. Um, but I mean, I think in 2022, I think a lot more people are, are. I honestly, since the dawn of the metro, remember, remember when um, metrosexual was trending? That was the thing everyone wanted to be. Well, not once, but everyone was metrosexual. Yeah, I remember. Ever since the boom of metrosexual, I think that straight straight men have been are, are, are allowing themselves to be more flamboyant and especially nowadays i think the, the lines of what um of, of 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 sex are so blurred and people just people just are people are just allowing themselves to live and sometimes that means being really fl- faggy and flamboyant even though you are a straight man so i think i think <laughs> mad that they're white being mad at white people is a thing and i get it i've been that girl just mad at somebody because they white as hell 
And you're like, why are you here? Why are you here being white in the space? I get that. But if they're, if they're being flamboyant and just gay, um, they let, let them live, girl. Let people live. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of it because I, you know, I famously tweeted out that um, I'm often annoyed with white people, but it's whiteness in general. And it's never really specific white. There was a picture of, of, of a friend of mine who was white with a bunch of other white people. They're all laughing. And I remember being like, what y'all niggas laughing at? <laughs> Yeah, you just get mad at white people. Sometimes you just get mad at white people. You like you you look at this nigga. You like your ancestors are full of shit, and if they were full of shit, you got a little shit in you too. You just be mad looking at them. But I don't. But but I don't necessarily actually believe that. And 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 I want to reiterate. It's not actually that I'm annoyed with like white people specifically, like specific white people. It's just whiteness in general has had a, a negative impact on my <laughs> life at certain times. And there have been times when right. it's had a, a, a neutral impact and times when it's had a positive impact, you know, based on the white oh, people yeah, honey, I was I heard, around. I heard, you, I heard you had a good white experience this evening, honey, when you got home to your man. I heard you oh, had a God. good white experience. I heard that he got you together, Miss Girl. You sound like RuPaul. You got to the wheel. Um, I think that we are, <laughs> I think that we are asking people to challenge gender norms. And this is what it looks like. You know, a flamboyant yeah. straight man is not new. It was not even new when they started saying metrosexual. I mean, you know, Dennis Rodman, Prince, and David Bowie would all like to have a word with you. And I know you're all going to say David Bowie is bi. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, these, like, it is not a new notion that um, that that st- straight men have sometimes been flamboyant. It's Some- definitely trendier, for sure. Sure, but that's not that's not the point of what I'm saying. But it's not new. Is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Yeah, not no, not new at all. Yeah, and and I think that um, if we're if we're asking people to challenge gender norms, and we're asking, and we we're and we're encouraging uh, all people to um, try their best to rid themselves of toxic masculinity. This is the result of that. This is the this is the fruit of our labor. I hate to be the one to tell you, this is the fruit of our labor. Um, and you know, someone, uh, just because you thought someone was queer, um, does not mean that they did anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's not <laughs> their problem. Mean, it doesn't that mean they did anything problem. wrong. They just, they were just being themselves. Now, are they, are they queer baiting? I don't know. You didn't, you didn't give us enough detail to tell us why you thought this person was queer. Was this person like telling everyone they were queer and then like saying they weren't, you know, is this person, um, insinu- strongly insinuating? Are they making it ambiguous? You never know. And also, the truth is, we don't even know. You, just because someone says they're straight now, we do not know where they are on their journey with their sexuality. Everyone is not as evolved as you are. You know what I mean? Like, every, some people, I, I remember this guy. I cannot remember his name, but he's a he's a photographer from P-Town. And he does these Polaroids of everyone. And when I met him, he was like, I'm straight. I you know him. He, I can't Shane remember his name. Treadwell. There it is. He does these these these. And he was like, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight, mm-hmm. I'm straight. And I was like, okay, sure, you're straight. But he was always at the gay bars. And I was like, he's just this, some straight mm-hmm. guy who just loves drag queens. And then I saw him a couple of years later. He was like, girl, I'm gay. I am so gay. Yeah. But that, and that's just because yeah. that was his journey. It, t- it just took him longer to find out. And it's because of his past, probably. It is because of people's baggage, their past, and their journeys. Our, our, our paths are not linear. They're not parallel. Everyone gets there at a different time. Everyone gets to the destination at a different time. You know? Yeah, for sure. So give people a little grace and let them be 
flamboyant and faggy and do and let these motherfucking strip people do that thing do that shit so that they can teach your kids that it's okay and the kids kids and then we can all just live in a world that's free with sunshines and rainbows and just being queer as fuck i mean if the queer folks are if, if listen here's a realty if queer folks for years have been celebrating when gay guys act straight i think it's time we can probably celebrate when when straight guys don't act so toxic and masculine yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Money, how did you feel? You, well, you think Bob, you gave some good I advice think... today? I gave some great advice today. How do you feel about yours? I thought you did a pretty good job. Now, how do you feel about mine? Um, I think you did some work today. Some good work. Um, you didn't ask me well, how I felt about yours. I hope you and your wig. Well, I hope you and my wig have a good night, and you guys both. You, you didn't ask well. me how I felt about yours. Oh well, I'm not interested. I'm gonna tell you anyway. It was a little. It was a little food heavy today. <laughs> it was a little food heavy today. Um, uh, one, I told him about food. Two, back to oh, back. and the sex one too. Yeah, so that's that's not one. That's actually twice as many as one. Okay, okay, that's two out of uh, ten. So, baby, the math ain't mathin'. That's twenty percent money. That's a that's a lot. That is not a lot. Twenty percent. That is not a lot. Also, well, you you want to when you when you tip when you tip somebody twenty percent, you're like, "Who I made it rain?" That's you. Twenty percent is not a lot, baby. You can you I can think be thirty. Twenty percent can be a lot depending on what you're talking about. If you woke up tomorrow and you uh, you lost twenty percent of your body weight, you'd be like, "Oh my god, I am I have lost a lot of weight." But if you woke Bob, up tomorrow, you and know that twenty percent means different things. Different that things t- that that makes what I'm saying makes perfect sense. Well, obviously, that's is, anything in the world. So what I'm saying is I think that 20% of your advice being food based. No. That's that that is that it's is a, a ridiculous a ratio. That is ridiculous. That is a high that percentage. is not a that is no, it is not. You're well, being you're, ridiculous and you know you, can, you are. You can have that opinion. I, I I'm not gonna the difference between what you and I say, I'm not gonna tell you that your opinion is ridiculous. You're allowed to have that opinion. Well, I'm gonna tell you when yours is wrong when it is, because it's wrong. Well, I guess you're the arbiter of what is right and wrong. I, I am in this conversation, this podcast is about this specific thing right now, for sure. Sure. All right. Have a good night. Have a good night, babe. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. 
which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.